This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10-5 victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. 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 Welcome to another edition of the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. That is your radio flagship home of the Dallas Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout, Brian Broaddus. Uh, he is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation on Monday through Friday, 2 to 7 p.m. Central on 105.3 The Fan. He is also the pre- and post-game host uh, on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And uh, he's, he's a proud LSU Tiger, long-snapping legend. Like, I mean, we could really just list his his accomplishments for the entire first segment if we wanted to, but I don't think Brian wants us to do that. So, Brian, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, Bobby. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, big game for the Tigers this week, uh, hosting yep. Alabama. I have no idea how the the committee saw us as being the tenth best team in the country. Me either. But, but I will. I will take all that we could get right now. I don't see how Texas is a top twenty five team. So I guess we're both uh, sitting here asking questions. Before we get into uh, the, the, this this show here, uh, I need a quick pick from you, Georgia, Tennessee. Who you got? Man, I'll tell you what, I really do like Tennessee in this game. I I, I saw Ooh. Tennessee firsthand uh, against LSU, and I think they put a lot of stress. You know, we've used the word stress around here a lot. Uh, sure. We're talking about Cowboys opponents. But if you're a college football fan, sit down, CBS, watch this game on 230. Um, you're going to see an offense that puts a lot of stress on opposing defenses just by the way – uh, they run their plays, uh, the way they spread you out, their ability to run the football, they throw the ball well, and they're running a play like every 12 seconds. And I think that yeah. puts, a, puts a lot of pressure uh, on you. Now, uh, Tennessee had a huge win at home against Alabama. You know, this one right here is uh, – this one's basically for the Southeastern Conference for the Eastern title, whoever wins this one. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, man, Hendon Hooker has been incredibly impressive there for Tennessee, firmly in Heisman contention. Uh, I, I don't think anybody, even our uh, our, our partner, uh, our, our teammate over at 105 through the fan, RJ Choppy, a proud Tennessee volunteer. I don't think even Choppy saw this coming. So uh, what a great run for the volunteers. Uh, it is still the bye week. And so we are still touching on uh, some broader topics, sort of reflective and, and looking ahead to when the Cowboys come back after the bye week. Uh, so here in this first segment, Brian, we had some people request this of us. We're going to go ahead and uh, take our best shot at the second half of the schedule. Okay. 
So the, the Cowboys have hit the bye week there, six and two. They were six and two to start last year as well. Uh, they came out of the bye week and and uh, had that game, but uh, six and two, uh, just as they were last year. Uh, first off, I, I I know we we've talked a little bit about this. Stephen weighed in on it, uh, but you think this is a better six and two Cowboys team than they were last year, right? Yeah, I do. I I think that Bobby, because of what we've seen defensively and I've what they've been able to what they've been able to add, uh, you know, some of the. Uh, you know, the Deron Blands and guys like that, they've had a lot of a lot of guys step up and make plays for them that they did not have last year. So uh, I think it overall is, is a better team uh, when you look at, especially when you look at what's going on on special teams and then what's going on on the defensive side of the ball. Now, when we look at this first game when they're coming back out of the bye week, it is Mike McCarthy's reunion uh, with the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. Uh, Brian, this is a game that I think sets up nicely. We'll be previewing it a lot more uh, next week. But this is a game that I think sets up nicely for the Cowboys right now to catch a really struggling Packers team. But at the same time, you got to ask the question, have you caught this Packers team in the middle of – their their desperation game, where this is the one that they'll they'll really look to salvage their season. Ultimately, I think there's only so much desperation that can help you out here. And Dallas is just a better football team right now. So I've got the Cowboys winning this one and going to seven and two. You know what? I think it's going to be a really interesting game, just from the aspect of Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback for the Packers. Uh, you look at the situation, the game being played at Lambeau Field. Uh, you know the they, they, they had the loss uh, against the uh, – they were able to beat the Patriots. They lose to the Giants in London, which I thought was very surprising. They lose to the Jets at home, which I thought was surprising. And then they've gone on the road and lost the last two weeks. The Commanders' loss, I think, is – you know, the Commanders are playing a lot better. Buffalo is, I think, the best team in the National Football League. They're in a situation right now where uh, at three and five – they have got to go to Detroit and get a win if they want to have any shot at all. Uh, they lose that game to Detroit, that game against Dallas. I think you, you talk about just maybe some lay down right there. Uh, that would be, I think, a point you need to kind of keep an eye on because they're looking to try and turn this thing around. They beat Detroit, they're four and five, uh, and then they beat Dallas, they're five and five. And so you don't know what's going to happen in the, the NFC. So, I do like the Cowboys in this game. Uh, the Packers do not defend the run uh, all that well. And nope. so that's something that, you know, with the Cowboys uh, coming off the bye, you know, rested up uh, with Zeke and then also with Pollard and this offensive line. Uh, it's, a, it's a great opportunity for them to get a victory there. Next game, the following week against the, I think, surprising 6-1 and one Minnesota Vikings. Uh, a team that the only loss they have on the schedule this year is to the Philadelphia Eagles in week two. Uh, they've won five in a row since then. They've beaten Detroit, New Orleans, Chicago, Miami, and Arizona. The interesting thing, Brian, these victories have come by four points, three points, seven points, eight points, and eight points. So they're not winning these games in blowout fashion. They're winning these in some tight contests. Uh, but Minnesota's been a good football team. They just added T.J. Hawkinson, a guy who, who really gave the Cowboys some problems just a couple weeks ago. Um, and so he'll be somebody that that could cause some issues for them going into Minnesota. Cowboys have actually won three straight games 
in Minnesota, and they've done it with, you know, backup quarterbacks and stuff like that. Uh, and so, Brian, as much as I'd like to see that streak continue, uh, I'm going to guess this is uh, where we see the Cowboys run kind of come to a halt. I just I think Minnesota on the road, you're going to have some losses somewhere on the schedule, and this just feels like one that's ripe for that. I'll say a close ball game ultimately goes to the Vikings. Well, I think what's going to – will be interesting is – I'll tell you, I – I think the Cowboys, as I've said, I think they win the game at Green Bay. And then I think they turn around and I think they beat – I do feel like that they beat uh, the Vikings. And I'll tell you why. The Vikings are going to come off a game where they're going to be playing at Buffalo the week before they catch the Cowboys. And I – the thing about playing the Buffalo Bills is they will beat you up. You, yep. you have to – their team – and there's, there's opportunities in the league – where it used to be you played the old Pittsburgh Steelers, and then the next week, whoever, you know, after a week of playing the Steelers, you were going to lose that game too, the second game, because you were just physically so beat up from it. I I think the Vikings are in a little bit of a, uh, a little tough stretch right now. I think playing at the Commanders is going to be tough. Uh, I kind of, like I said, the next two weeks are on the road at Commanders, at Buffalo, you know they they're gonna they're gonna be tested, especially with the commanders the way they play uh, defense. They're on a little bit of a run right now, so I'm gonna say the Cowboys after the Vikings have a struggle in Buffalo. I think the Cowboys are gonna come back and find a way to get that game as well. Clean sweep against the NFC North per Brian Broadus. Yeah, uh, brings the Cowboys to eight and two for you. I've got them at seven and three at this point. Then it's back to an NFC East matchup. You've got the Giants coming to down to town for Thanksgiving. This Giants team that, I mean, I don't know how they've done it. They, they've they managed to uh, get to 6-2. and two. The only losses this season to Dallas and last week to Seattle. I think you saw some of the cracks finally catching up with them last week. But that was a close ball game into the fourth quarter uh, for Seattle and New York. And, and they've managed to win some of these close games. Even still, I think Dallas is clearly a better football team. So give me the Cowboys at home on Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's going to be interesting because they've got the bye like you do this week. Then they're at home against the Texans. And then following week, they're at home against the Lions before traveling to Dallas for that Thanksgiving Day game. Uh, this is going to be a, a game that I feel like that that the Giants are going to find a way to beat the Texans and they're going to find a way to beat the Lions. So I could see this for two teams being eight and two on a short week. Uh you know, Dallas has not played particularly well on Thanksgivings here as of late. And you'd like to believe that maybe uh, that they can, you know, after uh, beating the Vikings, that they can that they can uh, get this victory. I think it's going to be a tough, tough game. This one might be where the Cowboys do lose a game because I, oh, okay. I don't think they played particularly well after some Thanksgivings. Even though Dak Prescott has a great record against the NFC East, so I'm going to say the Cowboys on Thanksgiving take a loss there, a division loss uh, to the Giants. All right, so we both have them after these next three weeks sitting at eight and three. I've got them losing to the Vikings. You've got them losing to the Giants. Uh, I guess that there's got to be some regression to the mean in the NFC East after sweeping them last year. They right. get a ten day break and then they get a a really interesting Colts team, a team that I think has clearly underperformed, has had to fire their offensive coordinator. They're under 500. they They've had the quarterback change and all that's gone on with that. Uh, 
Ryan, I just I don't know that as much as we talked about the issues issues with Dallas's offense, I don't know that Indianapolis can score enough points to to really compete with Dallas. Uh, and so give me the Cowboys again here. I've got them sitting at nine and three with a victory over the Colts to open December. Yeah, the, the Colts have just clearly committed uh, to, you know, trying to use that, use their young quarterback. The bye um, comes after the game in Dallas for them. So uh, that uh, that uh, 12th of December uh, will be their bye, uh, or the 11th, excuse me, will be their bye. And so – they're coming, they'll be coming off a really tough stretch. If you look, they've got their at Patriots, at Raiders, Philadelphia at home, Pittsburgh at home, and then at Dallas. I think that the young quarterback at that point in time will have probably seen enough. I think you're right about them scoring enough points. Uh, give me the Cowboys in this one. Next week, it is. Uh, this is a, a nice they, – they have that long stretch against the NFC North, then they get a three-consecutive game stretch, four out of five, against the AFC South, starts with the Colts, then it is at home again against the Houston Texans on December 11th. The Texans are going to be in the running for the first pick in the draft again this year. Just a, a terrible football team. There's a, there's a lot of uh, issues there right now, clearly with the Brandon Cooks drama and everything else. But again, you're talking about a team that doesn't score a lot of points, doesn't pick up a lot of yards, and gives up a lot of points. It gives up a lot of yards. This is one that, on paper, there's no way the Cowboys should lose this game. So I'm going to give them another W over Houston here. Yeah, I think so too, Bob. Just that simple. <laughs> Nothing else to say about – you don't want to say anything about Jack Easterby or – No, no, I, I really don't. I, I mean, I, I, I'll i say this. It, it's – for the Texans, they're very fortunate to – what, about a, uh hour flight. So they'll, they'll be just fine. That, you know, that's yeah. – they won't have to go too far to get beat up pretty good. <laughs> There you go. Brian brought us bringing the smoke here. Uh, the next game, the following week, it is the third game in a row against the AFC South. It is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, this was one that when we picked in the beginning of the year, you had this as the, the surprise upset game because there's always one or two on there where it's like you really feel like you shouldn't have lost that game. So so I liked your, uh, your gumption to go ahead and pick uh, the Jaguars to win this game. And, you know, this is a Jaguars team that they can run the football really, really well, and they can yeah. stop the run. So those are two – good combinations for a team that wants to beat the Cowboys. So on the road in Jacksonville, are you still feeling like this is a Jags victory, Brian? Yeah. Earlier in the year, I didn't feel like that the giants were going to be all that great. So, you know, obviously I picked the, uh, the Cowboys to beat the giants and, you know, Colts and all, I thought the Colts were going to be better. Houston, of course, what I just said, I worry about this game for only one reason. I worry about it because Doug Peterson's the head coach. Uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles, or was excuse me, was of course was the coach of Philadelphia Eagles knows the Cowboys has competed against the Cowboys. Um, Jacksonville, this game is played before Dallas plays Philadelphia, and this this game could be potentially huge uh, when you look at uh, at the standings. So I'm going to say that they beat Jacksonville but I think it's going to be a really, really close game. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, a guy who at times has looked like he, he's he's coming into his own. There have been other times where he's struggled uh, a great deal. But, I, I mean, I think they can stress the Cowboys again because they can run the football so well and because they stop it. If you do those two things, you've got a chance against the Cowboys. Uh, but ultimately, I think that Dallas's talent is just too much. Give me the Cowboys over the Jaguars here. Uh, next game, Christmas Eve. 
425 kick on Saturday. It is the Eagles coming to AT&T Stadium. Do the Cowboys get their revenge, Brian? Do, do they get the revenge and, and beat the Eagles and end out splitting with them? Yeah, I think that it, I, I do. I like, the, I like the Cowboys in this particular game. I felt kind of all along that it was probably going to be a split season, uh, you know, them winning at home and you winning at home. So I'll take the Cowboys in this particular matchup. It'll be interesting to see the condition of the teams as they get to this point. Uh, you know, who is available, who's no longer available. Uh, you know, you're going to start to see a situation too. And I'm, I'll mention this after the Indianapolis game uh, or that week, you're going to you're going to start to see Tyron Smith start to practice. So yeah. maybe some things will be changing in the offensive line by the time we get to that game against Philadelphia. Two games left on the schedule. It is back against an AFC South opponent. It is the Cowboys going on the road to play the Tennessee Titans. Brian, we each have just one loss in the second half of the season to this point. I've got them losing to the Vikings. You've got them losing to the Giants. I think this is loss number two. I think the way that the Titans can run the football and the physicality they play with, I think this is a tough matchup for Dallas. Uh, give me the Titans in Nashville uh, to set the Cowboys to 12-4. and four. Yeah, this is going to be one of those games. It's coming off a the, the Eagles on a Saturday on the 24th, and then five days later, you've yeah. got the Titans. I mean, the physicality that you're going to have to play with to beat the Eagles and deal with their running game potentially, I think will be a lot to ask the Cowboys to go – saddle up on a Thursday night and then uh, find a way to beat the Titans. That, that will be the next loss that I see. And, you know, when you look at the the game there, you talk about them coming off the Saturday game and having to travel. Titans are playing the previous week at home. There's zero travel for them. Yeah. So Dallas is traveling. It's a short week. Titans are at home. Uh, Titans are actually coming off a game against the Texans the week before. Yeah. This just sets up to me as, a, I think, a tough game for the Cowboys. So, ultimately, I think they lose this one and go to 12-4. and four. And then the finale, uh, either on a Saturday or a Sunday, uh, January 7th or January 8th. That has not been determined yet by the league. It's the Cowboys on the road against the Commanders, which uh, I know we didn't get a chance to mention at the other show. Might be in the process of having a new owner with Daniel Snyder apparently looking into selling the team. Um, but, ultimately, I, I mean, I think Cowboys are, are just a better football team. Uh, I, I think Cowboys win this one and ultimately finish the season going 13-4. and four. I think a lot really depends on where we're at in the standings too, Bob. If uh, if Philadelphia uh, has clinched the division and maybe seeding is kind of taken, uh, you know, uh, with your record, you know, right now you and I have this team going into this game. I believe they would be, uh, what would it be? 12 and we both have them 12 and four 12 and four so yeah at that point in time you know you got to feel like that maybe that that fifth seed would be secured uh so if in fact that they don't win the division you know if in, you know if it's if philadelphia has built too big of a lead and and now you just can't you can't catch them so i kind of feel like this might be one of those games that we'll see if the cowboys if they, if it's in fact for seeding i think they'll absolutely play uh, if it's not for seeding and they're kind of locked in, this will be an opportunity, I think, to rest a lot of people uh, in order for them to play the following week, uh, probably against the a, uh, the NFC South. We've we've got the the Cowboys at 
you know, 13 and four, 12 and four heading into the final week. Uh, we both picked the Cowboys to beat the Eagles. So I'm going to cr- quickly, just as we wrap this up here, I'm going to quickly run through. You tell me if you think there are three more losses on the Eagles schedule here <laughs> the one against Dallas. Uh, in fact, let's uh, let's get a scoring update as we're uh, recording this right now between the Eagles and the Texans, Brian. Uh, it's 14-14 actually in the second quarter. Uh, so, so there's possibility at least, but I think ultimately they probably win this one. But here are the games remaining at Houston, home against the Commanders, on the road against the Colts, home against the Packers, home against the Titans, three-game road trip against the Giants, Bears, Cowboys, home against the Saints and Giants to close it out. So outside of Dallas, where we've already got one loss, do you see a, do you see three more losses on their schedule between two games against the Giants, one against the Commanders, and then games against the Texans, Colts, Packers, Titans, Bears, and Saints? I man, I would have wanted to believe I wanted to believe that now we'll see what the situation is with the Packers, you know, the end of end of November, if the Packers are still hanging in there. The the commanders always play the uh Eagles tough. Yeah. Always play the Eagles tough. That could be a split situation. I don't feel like they're gonna lose to the Colts. The Packers game is a possibility. The Titans game, because of the way they run the football, is a possibility. The Giants, I don't think not necessarily at at New York they might have struggles. Uh, But at Bears, Cowboys, like we called a loss. Saints are, you know, they've got got New Orleans pick. They might not want to beat the Saints on, uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, we'll take that back. They probably want to beat the Saints uh, to make sure that that pick is even better. But yeah, I, I think the possibilities of losses: Commanders, Packers, Titans, Cowboys. Those are going to be your possibilities. And let's cross our fingers. You know, it's fourteen fourteen right now. I think the odds shoot way up if the Texans are able to pull this out. By the time we're in the morning, you guys will already know by then, I guess. But uh, either way, the Cowboys set up. For a competitive uh, stretch here, I, I think both of us see that if the Cowboys are playing competitively through Week 18, I think we both have them with just two losses the rest of the way. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. All right, Brian, uh, that is a look at the Cowboys' schedule in the second half of the season. In order for them to perform at a higher level in the second half of the season, we need to see them improve in a couple areas. We're going to talk about those areas where they still need to see improvement 
and how realistic it is that they can achieve improvement. And if they're going to do it, how do they do it? Is it schematic? Is it just improved play from your guys here? Is it about going and signing depth pieces, whatever it may be? Before we do that, I've got to give a shout out to our wonderful partner here at Love the Star, Boomer Jacks. I've told you guys for the last several weeks now, you need to be hitting up Boomer Jacks on Tuesday and Wednesday. It is half price wings on those days. Tuesday, it's half price bone in wings. Wednesday, it's half price boneless wings. And they are some of the best wings you will ever have. And in addition to that, it's the coldest beer you're ever going to have. I cannot stress this enough. The beer is ice cold there at Boomer Jacks. Wall-to-wall TVs, live music. It is a wonderful environment for whatever you're looking for. 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That is boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, as we look at the second half of the season, I think there are two areas where everybody wants to see improvement. And it's they want to see more solid run defense, and they want to see the this Cowboys receiving core pose more of a threat. Um, let's, let's talk about the run defense first. How realistic is it that this team can improve on run defense? Because, because I know we've had this question a lot where it's like, is it personnel? Is it scheme? What's the issue here with this run defense? Why is it spotty at times? Uh, I think largely it's personnel. Um, and I've said before, if you're going to give me one area where this team is going to struggle, you tell me, hey, you got to pick one of these. Run defense, pass defense, passing game, or running game. Where do you want your team to struggle? I'd probably pick run defense, to be honest. Um, and so – for me, I, I think that it's possible for them to improve, especially if Damone Clark comes in here and starts playing with some more confidence and and and, and starts taking some more risk and, and believes in himself a little bit. Because like you mentioned, he was playing kind of safe the other day, just trying not to make any mistakes. If he can play with some confidence, I think that's a huge X factor, um, stepping in and playing in place of Anthony Barr. And then the other aspect here, of course, we know is Jonathan Hankins, a guy who played 33 snaps, in the first game uh, against the the Bears last week. And he's, he's somebody who, who played really well. The, Michael Galkin from the Dallas Morning News had this note that when Jonathan Hankins was on the field, the Bears running backs Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery combined for 11 carries and 39 yards, which was three and a half average. And when he was on the sideline, they were 20 carries for 113 yards and a touchdown. So just the raw numbers say that when Hankins was in there, they were better. So is this a run defense that you think can legitimately improve with the personnel that they have now? Is it something Dan Quinn needs to work on? Or is it just about getting guys back healthy like Damone Clark and having them gel with the unit? Bob, I think this really comes down to how much discipline that can you play with. And I mean discipline in the way of when you're asked to play leverage and you decide that, I'm going to go inside and chase the quarterback and then lose leverage. And the quarterback runs away and gains like 12 yards, 13 yards and gets a first down. Then your, your defense run defense is not going to be any good. I've said this before, Bobby, and it's the same things that's happened in these earlier games. You get, you get defensive ends that get hooked. You get defensive ends that get blocked. You get defensive ends that go out of position. You get defensive ends that chase inside, don't stay up the field. You know, you get linebackers that are step late. You know, you get the defensive line lets guards and centers up on the linebackers. They get blocked. You have a corner that is not willing 
at times to step up or safety that's able to fill. I, I think this is so much more about discipline than it is anything. You know, they 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 were really good early in that game. And the great example, if you want to go back and watch the all 22, is they run a toss sweep on the Bears' first drive. Bears run a toss sweep, and everybody played it perfect. The, the, the defensive end played it perfect, the safeties, the linebackers, and Anthony Brown stepped up and made a play and forced it back inside, and it was a no-game play. You know, that's what you have to do when you're playing run defense. Yeah, they're going to, you know, when Hankins, when they run the ball inside and Hankins is in there, you're not going to move him. He's a hard guy to move. That's why with Michael Gelkin, what he, you know, what he uh, presented to you was absolutely right. The all 22 showed that when you're bad on the edge, that's when teams and teams have figured this out. It's like, hey, how can we get the ball to the outside of the perimeter on the Cowboys? Because they don't handle the perimeter runs necessarily all that well those are the big plays you know now with Hankins you'll be a little bit more stout inside but those perimeter plays they that needs a lot more discipline than what they've shown when we look at the receiving core we know they tried to get Brandon Cooks they're gonna get James Washington back here soon enough you you hope things click for Jalen Tolbert I personally Brian I don't know about you I'm riding off the season for Tolbert I, I think at this point you need to just assume you're getting nothing out of him this year and, and reload for next year, um, which is a disappointment because I think there was an opportunity for him to get some reps here. You've had Simi Fajoko hurt. Dennis Houston was somebody they liked, but it didn't necessarily work out, uh, and, and he's back on the practice squad now. Um, is there a way for this receiving core you think to get better without adding anybody? Is, is this – is the receiving core is the way to get the receiving core better? Maybe to get Peyton Hendershot more reps, um, or, or or to find you know see how things work with Dak, and maybe just the addition of Dak is enough to get the receiving core playing better. What's the answer for this receiving core to play better football in the second half of the year? Yeah, I I, I think it's been a real wash for Tolbert. Um, you know, he's playing special teams and things like that, and they're putting him in certain offensive packages. You know, he's you know, he hasn't had the opportunities. Uh, you know, I, I think this team is, when you look at Noah Brown and what he's been able to do, I think that's been a really nice, uh, you know, surprise for them that he stepped up and played the way he has. I think the way they were able to get Gallup going was last week was a really good thing. You know, I think the the fact that they showed some creativity on a, like a huge wheel route, really, if you want to call it that, with CeeDee Lamb that went for a touchdown. That's the things I'm looking for. I'm looking for the creativity of I'm looking for the creativity of CeeDee Lamb, of Michael Gallup, Turpin, Noah Brown, and three tight ends. That's going to be your offense the second half. And with Pollard and Zeke, uh, you know, God willing, running the football as well. Is is that your expectation? You think that they come out of the bye week and that there's more work for Kevonte Turpin? Do you yeah, think I do. see him worked in a little bit more? I do. I do because, you know, and I asked, we had Barry Church on our show on 105.3 The Fan to, on uh, on uh, Thursday, and he was, uh, you know, I asked him the question about are there things you're going to see, are there, are there, are there 
things that coaches work on during the bye that will implement the second half. And we've seen some things that they've done with Turpin, whether it's an option, uh, motion toss sweep, those kinds of things. I think that you're going to see a lot more of him. I don't think you necessarily want to show everybody what you've got that first eight games, but the second eight I, and first, second nine, I think you're going to, you're going to see him involved a lot more. When we look at the, the getting Noah Brown back, obviously getting those opportunities, getting CeeDee Lamb, things like that. How much of this on this receiving core playing better do you think is on Dak Prescott though? We, we've seen him step up and, and play well. Uh, in these two games since he's been back, or really the last six quarters. I mean, the first half, there there were some struggle moments. It's hit or miss that first half when he first came back. Um, but when you look at the, the the second half of the season, how much of the receiving core playing better is going to be on Dak developing that chemistry and, and Dak playing better and putting those guys in positions to succeed? I think it's an absolute must. Um, and he's shown that with limited practice against the Lions – Second half, I thought he did a nice job against the Bears. I thought he was outstanding. You could say what you want about the interception. The more you watch that, the more you're thinking, well, the route needed to be inside. It's a gamble throw. He made it, you know, but he was also expecting his guy to be in the middle of the field. I think it's on him. I think they're going to need him. This running game could clearly help him. Uh, I feel like that these receivers – uh, with what you have can help. I think the tight ends are going to be a big, big, big factor. They could do a lot of things with those tight ends that will make easy throws for Dak. And those guys will be hard to cover. So I kind of feel like that it won't all be on him, but he is going to need to make good throws and good decisions uh, for them to win those 12 or 13 games you and I are talking about. We've we've talked about the run defense. We've talked about the receiving core. Are there any other areas of this team that we're neglecting that, hey, this needs to be an improvement. They need to find a way to do this better, even if it's not that they're struggling with it right now, that they need to be better at it. They really, when you look at that game against opening day against Tampa, they didn't run the ball particularly well. You look at the commander's game, they didn't run the ball particularly well. You know, you look at the the Eagles game, well, that was all – those were the turnovers and stuff. But, you know, maybe they should have tried to run the ball more. I think this running game is going to have to improve. And I'm not just talking about the teams that struggle against run defense. Uh, like, you know, the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're going to have to find a way to manipulate offense and do it by running the football. And whether that's the combination of – Zeke and Pollard or just Pollard or just Zeke, but you just need to figure that out. And when you're playing against teams that have exceptional run defense, then you need to figure that out and be able to do that. And that's something I, I, I definitely would like to see. They, they've done a nice job of running the ball, but there's going to be some points and times where they're going to have to do it against a really, really good run defense and, uh, and, and prove that they can. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, it is now time for our favorite part of the show. Every week we tell you guys about it, that it's our favorite segment. It is the listener mailbag where you guys get to kind of take over the content and let us know what you want to hear about. Before we do that, I got to say thank you one more time to our wonderful sponsor, 
Boomer Jacks. You know, I've told you guys for several weeks now about Boomer Jacks. Brian and I love it. Uh, it is such a great spot. Whether you're looking to take some your family somewhere for dinner, you're looking for you know happy hour drinks with your coworkers, somewhere to watch the game with your buddies, Boomer Jacks is the perfect spot for whatever you're looking for. Drink special starting at three dollars. The coldest beer anywhere around. Wall to wall TVs, live music, every game you could possibly imagine is in Boomer Jacks. It's up on those TV screens. And if you're a big fan of wings, you're going to want to go check it out on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Tuesdays, it is half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. So head over to Boomer Jacks. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That is boomerjacks.com. And as always, if you guys go and you check it out, be sure to tag us. Tag me and Brian on Twitter. Uh, we love to see when you guys go out there. And uh, so share that with us and, and let us know what you thought. Uh, Brian... First question here from Terrence Bailey. Out of the other three projected NFC division winners, Vikings, Bucks, 49ers, I think are, are is what Terrence is projecting here, and I think that's probably fair. Uh, which of them would you want to match up with in the first round at their house? This is assuming the Eagles don't falter and finish the season with a better record and are like the number one seed, but who would you rather go up against on the road, Vikings, Bucks, or 49ers? I, I'm not totally sure that the Bucks are going to win that division. That's me. I kind of feel like me either. Uh, but but I mean, I I feel like it's uh. Give me, it, give, me give me give me give me the Bucks. Give me okay, the Bucks. really? Would you take that? I just I never want to play Tom Brady in the playoffs. I don't care that he's 45. I would never ask for that. That's a shell of a team right now. I know it. They, but they the, don't they don't run the ball at all. They don't. They, they, and and you're telling me you're telling me. That your your pass defense has gotten better. Your if they're not if nobody's going to run the ball on you, and you're going to all you can do is pin your ears back and get after that guy. I'll take my chance with the Bucks. I I I felt like you could beat Minnesota. You know I do too. I, and I, and you've won you've won in Minnesota. You've shown you know a few years in a row here that you know since 2016 you've won three times. Well, in there. also too. Also, you know you make a good point, but. I kind of feel like the Vikings are a better team than what Tampa is, but maybe at the end of the year they won't be. I I I, I will say this, you know, that quarterback at Minnesota on the big stage, he pees down his leg for sure. <laughs> he does. And I look, I think that's the thing. I agree with you. I think Minnesota's a better team than Tampa. I just can't get over the Tom Brady voodoo, Brian. I even though he's 45 and everything, like, do I want to go up against angry divorced Tom Brady? With all his magic, I don't, I don't know that I want to run that risk. You've never beaten Tom Brady. The Cowboys have never beaten him, and we know the Tom Brady history in the playoffs. Is that? Do you want to possibly be involved in swan song Tom Brady? If, if he, I, I really want to go to. I really would want to go to Atlanta and play against Marcus Mariota. That's what I really would like to do. Me too. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love it. Other than playing Kyle Pitts, because yeah. You know, would probably be a big challenge for them, but uh, I, I agree with you. But if you're telling me it's Bucks, 49ers, and Vikings, I want no part of the 49ers out of that collection. 49ers are the last team I'd want to play. No, you don't want to play the 49ers. But yeah, to me, I, I just I, I don't trust the Bucks right now. I think there's a lot of bad things going on down there. Next question here from uh, at Snowflake Scalper <laughs> with the revitalized running attack and great run blocking from this O line. Wouldn't a fullback fit well in our offensive style? I thought about this recently, Brian. I think we've even made mention of it a little bit. I wouldn't mind having a, a versatile fullback on this roster taking snaps. Yeah, Kyle Juszczyk would be great to have here. I, I totally agree. 
Sure. Uh, no, but I mean, they, they had Ryan Nall here. They liked him. Nall got hurt. Um, and, and so they weren't able to use him the way they, they initially wanted to. But I think a fullback has a, a place in this offense, especially if you are worried about pass protection with Tony Pollard and, you know, things like that. It wouldn't necessarily be bad to have kind of a versatile fullback who can block and catch passes. No, I, I, I don't disagree. And I'm not making light of the question. I, sure. will say, I will say this, though. I kind of feel like that these backs – you know, they're they're okay with running behind these guards, whether sure. it's you know, whether it's Farniak or whoever they've had to use uh in the in the backfield. I think they've been okay with that. The biggest thing you worry about with a fullback is indecision or hesitation. You know, when they hesitate, that makes the back behind them hesitate. You don't want Zeke hesitating running through the line. You don't want Tony Pollard hesitating running through the line. So Play with a fullback, really nice thing to do, but you got to make sure that that fullback is going up in there, blowing up in there, and digging guys out. Don't hesitate and make backs have to just wait for you to get your block or they read you the wrong way, and instead of having a big play, it's only a gain of two or three yards. So I kind of feel like that Zeke, Pollard, they work well with the, the guard fullback thing, but they're also really good – when they just can have just that read where they make it on their own and see the hole, make the cuts and those kinds of things. Best fullback you ever saw. John Kuhn. John Kuhn. Not, it, it wasn't. Well, your guy. Uh, well uh, you know, Daryl Johnston was great. Yeah. I mean, I mean, well, I, I see. I know you. I know you had him in Green Bay. William Henderson is like the exact type of fullback. I think would be great. William, for William Henderson was a, uh, was a okay blocker, but whereas like guys like John, he could catch the ball. Yeah, I mean those guys were those those blockers like the Daryl Johnstons and the John Coons and and the uh, you know the guy out at San Francisco. You know those those guys are special the way that they play like that. Uh, John Ritchie at Philadelphia way back. Oh in the yeah, yeah, Philadelphia and the Raiders. Yeah, the John Ritchie was pretty damn good too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, shout out to John Kuhn. I bet you guys didn't think we were going to get a John Kuhn reference here uh, on on the podcast. Uh, next question here from at Astute Fanatic. Which player on an expiring contract do you think gets the biggest extension in the offseason? I think this is a question about the guys who are going to be heading into their final de- deal next year. Because guys who are in their final deal now, it wouldn't be an extension. It's you're having to negotiate a whole new contract. Uh, so guys who come available next year, CD Lamb, Trayvon Diggs, they've got the fifth year option with Lamb. Uh, Diggs is the one that they they would need to get done now uh, this ne- upcoming offseason, or else face him leaving uh, or, or hitting the open market after that. So, uh, Brian, uh, do you think that Diggs gets a deal done this offseason, or, or do they play it cute and mess it up? Well, they tend to like to wait around and see if they can uh, get something else done, but. You know, Diggs continues to improve. Uh, I, I know I've had my issues with him in the run defense stuff, but overall, he's been. Which he's really, been better. He's, he's still been, no, he's, great, but he's been better. He has been better. He's tackled better. You're right, but you know, he also he can he can make some plays on fourth and one when he's the unblocked guy and get that guy on the ground and then get the defense off the field. But I, I think that yeah, that's that's the next one you have to think about because they got the fifth year option on CD land, if they want to do something like that, I, I would kind of think that maybe digs uh, before the wide receiver there. 
Yeah, because the, like you mentioned there, they can they can afford to wait a little bit longer on, on at least another year. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, now, do they want to do that? Maybe they feel like if he comes out of the season, they can buy a little low on him if he hasn't stepped up the way that they think. Maybe they yeah. just want to get something done the way they did with Tyrone Crawford, for instance. Right, Crawford done. Now that didn't end up playing out exactly the way they wanted. I don't think, but they they could potentially get ahead of that a little bit. Uh, next question here from Brandon. Where is Tyron Smith's mindset right now? And Brian, I think this is, I picked this question out because, I mean, obviously, Tyron Smith does not talk to us. Like, right. at all. Um, the, anything we hear about Tyron Smith, we hear from other people. Um, and, and a lot of times it's, you know, just discussion that goes on or, or things like that. And it's even more difficult when he's rehabbing and he's kind of out of the picture. But a couple of things I want to touch on here. One, first off, I know what you've said about the idea – about if the Cowboys were to ever move on from him, you've said, I know that you've heard that Tyron Smith would just retire. I think so. Yeah, I think so. If they just, if Tyron Smith, if they tried to trade him or something like that, I think he would just, I think he would retire. Uh, But, you know, that's, Tyron Smith is, you talk about mindset. I was out doing some work at the star, uh, couple weeks back and Tyron Smith mm-hmm. was out there working out with Britt Brown, you know, kind of standing there getting ready to go. And, you know, the, the timetable that, you know, that I've kind of thought about all along, it's like, you know, and asking people there and I said it a little bit earlier, it's about, you know, getting him ready for, or start to work back after the Colts game. And then with the intent of having him start playing against Jacksonville, so, I mean, I think everything is coming around in a very positive light. I think Tyron Smith wants to come out and play. If he didn't want to, he'd just say, put me on IR, I'm done, kind of a thing. So the, the fact that he's trying to work his way back, that says a lot about him, at least for this season, of trying to, uh, you know, get the month of, of December and see if he plays well enough in order for them, if they get in the playoffs, that – that he could be a, a factor in helping him win a playoff game or two. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so I think he is working back and he's trying to work back hard. I will say this though. I still think this is, there's a very real possibility. This is it for Tyron Smith. Not oh, sure. Less. I think there's a very real possibility that Tyron Smith is working hard to get back on the field because he wants an opportunity to end his career. I like, agree. That's that. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right about that. I, I, I think whether the Cowboys move on from him or not, there's a very real possibility Tyron Smith just hangs it up at the end. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. And so so I think we're entering the the near the end of Tyron Smith's career here, uh, which it's been a, an incredible career. But uh, ultimately, I do think he, he's trying to work back. Fingers crossed that he comes back and he plays at a high level. We know it was a struggle against San Francisco last year uh, and then into training camp this year. Uh, that does it for us here on Love of the Star for this week. We will be back for you guys again next week. Uh, Back from the bye, previewing the Green Bay Packers. We'll talk to you guys then.